Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show at LO underscore Padres, or you can check out my personal account at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined to do so, only if you're so inclined to do so, hit me up on any of those accounts. Also, you can check out the Gmail, which is LockedOnPadres at gmail.com. And hit me up with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them right here on the show. For, for, seriously, any questions, any anything you might have. So be sure to do that. In today's show, we're going to be saying goodbye to a couple of very important people. One of them being Mr. Manuel Margot who was traded as part of the Emilio Pagan trade that we talked about yesterday. And also, to talk about Mr. Philip Rivers just a little bit. He's a San Diego guy, and he, the Chargers officially announced that he would be parting ways with the team, that they mutually agreed on that. I just wanted to give a little bit of a toast to him, just a tiny little toast. Because this is, after all, a baseball podcast. But still, I just want to give a, give a little toast, just a little one, just a little one, at the very end, so stay tuned for that. But first, let's talk about the big news that's been happening, right? It started yesterday. It's 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 one of those things that really hit the internet by storm. It, it hit it with force, the force of a million tons. And the report is that the MLB, Major League Baseball, is seriously considering expanding playoff the playoff field starting in 2022. Yeah, that's right. It's just this offseason has been awesome. It's it really has been. I mean, we've gotten everything. We've just gotten every type of thing you could possibly want this offseason. So I'm reading now from Bleacher Report. Um, according to Joel Sherman of the New York Post, the league is seriously weighing increasing the number of teams from each league that reaches the postseason from 5 to 7, starting with the 2022 campaign. In such a system, the team with the best record in the National and American League would receive a bye in the wildcard round. That would leave two other division winners and four wildcard teams in each league. And the two division winners and wildcard team with the best record would host every game of a best of three series. Whichever division winner with the best record of the two that have to play in the wildcard round would get to pick its opponent from the three lower wildcard teams. The other division would get second pick, and the remaining two wildcards would face each other. That's right. You if for, Now, there's a lot to unpack here, all right? But first of all, yes, you heard that one part right. They would get to pick their opponent. Now, here's the thing. I think most baseball fans, when they first heard this, were kind of taken aback by this. I talked about this a little bit on today's episode of the Locked On MLB podcast with my man Sully, so check that out um, for a little for me to elaborate a little bit more on that. But just for now, I just wanted to touch on this a little bit. I mean, I had to. And I, I slept on it a little bit, and I thought, you know, this is, it's, baseball to me is one of those sports where I don't ever want to dismiss any type of rule change outright. Almost any rule change, unless they change something like there are no home runs anymore, you know, I mean, something extreme, you know, not that this isn't an extreme um, potential change that they could be making. But to me, it's just I I get what baseball's thinking in the sense that they they want to have something that that sets themselves apart. You know what I mean? And people have said this for for basketball. People have said this for football. I know people have people have postulated this idea before of the team getting to pick its opponent, right? Now, let's be honest, everyone. Just dig deep for a second. Hardcore baseball fans, the whole broadcast that shows which teams will be playing each other like and seeing them decide who they want to play, let's just be honest, would be 
absolutely hilarious and incredible content. It might not be that way for long, but that first year, come on, guys, admit it. Even the biggest curmudgeons about us, it would be super fun at first. But the more I think about it, the more I think I just this doesn't feel like it's the way. And I know I'm not the only one who thought that. I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter and I've especially seen Trevor Bauer actually made news. Mr. Trevor Bauer, who, you know, is a little shy, as some people might be familiar. He doesn't like to share his opinions on things. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. He tweeted today, no idea, or I'm sorry, he tweeted last night, no idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it, so I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. Whew. Man, Trevor Bauer, he wants to smoke. I mean, this guy just came for it. Here's here's my thing. And also, uh, Didi Gregorius just responding under that with the, the face palm emoji, which I thought was pretty funny. Here's my thing. And I, I don't want to get too mean about this. I don't want to, you know, bash anybody about this. Because I really think that I've this is something that we should talk about, you know, kind of respectfully. And just talk about it in the sense of it's kind of cool that we're talking about rule changes, I think. It just in any form even if I don't think this is the one. And that's that I've never really liked when the players start talking about how much they hate the changes because these are the same people that like threw a fit after they announced that rule, which they sort of are kind of enforcing that you can't step out of the batter's box too many times or what have you. I don't know the exact specifics on it. I know David Ortiz, but before he retired, like had a whole epic press conference about this. I just... I don't know. I just don't understand why baseball is the one sport that's always been so reticent to change, like of any kind, even though even baseball fans will say this, the relevancy of the sport and the relevancy of just having conversations about it has has waned a bit over the last decade or so. And I don't know if this is the way to fix that. I, I Actually, I know this probably isn't the way to fix that, but I definitely think it's I just really want to hammer home the point. I know I'm repeating myself, but I think people should just realize that there's a lot of things we've complained about that baseball has tried to do over the last bunch of years. I mean, I remember when people were complaining about replay. Like, this was a thing. I know this sound, like now it sounds kind of crazy, but people were really complaining about the idea of replay. So much so that it only started off as being determining whether a home run was a home run or not. You know, if it was a foul ball or whatnot. That's the only way that they used it. And I believe that the first person for it to be used, it was like in a, in a raise game with for Alex Rodriguez. I could be mistaken on that, but people were really like, no, this is going to take too much time. And then they instituted the challenge rule and everything. This is going to make the game slower when it's already slow and it already is really long. Me? I, I was just kind of, hey, get the call right. We can't be having a Jim Joyce thing with the Detroit Tigers pitcher that just lost a perfect game because of a bad call. I'm not saying you get to challenge balls and strikes, which is the way that they have it now. You can't. And people were like ready to really fight over this. All the old baseball legends. I'm sure Johnny Bench and Goose Gossage, who can never shut his mouth about anything that's changed and whatnot, right? Not a big Goose Gossage fan. Even though I've talked about it in the last episode that I have some Yankees fandom in me, never been a fan of his. He's just, he's, he's, he's always got on my nerves. But, you know, after like a season, I've, I don't even scratch that. After like half a season, people were like, okay. This is, this is here now. We can challenge plays. That's it. And we kind of just moved on. And I don't really think we're having these broad discussions and talk show hot takes about how replay ruined baseball. It really hasn't. So I'm, I'm remiss to, I don't want to fully be on 
the ante of this rule, but I do think it's the wrong way to go. But I have to admit, I do like the idea of some sort of change up, some something, you know. And honestly, if you, I don't think that the issue with baseball has ever been. And I'm someone who's very liberal and very much like progressive in terms of wanting to change the game to make it better. I've never thought that baseball was too long, like the games. I've always felt that the season was too long. And I've always had this dream, and I know that there's so many money implications of why this will never happen, but I've always felt like, imagine if the playoffs were in August. You don't have basketball to worry about, and you certainly don't have football to worry about in terms of taking the the shine, stealing the spotlight of baseball. And don't get me wrong, baseball playoffs in October is still really relevant. People still talk about them. But I just, I imagine like, you know, when if I was younger and right before school starts, you get August to, instead of it just being known as the vacation month, you get to watch some playoff baseball. The dog days of summer, as some have called it. I just feel like that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, those are just my that my quick thoughts on the MLB proposed playoff change. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Um, this is definitely something that would dramatically change the league. And in 2022, that's not far that's not far, far from now. So this is definitely a, an issue we'll be talking about for a bit. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back after this, we're going to talk about Manuel Margot. We're going to bid a little bit of a farewell to the former Padre. And I want to talk about who the Padres are going to get to replace him. So stay tuned. And we're back here, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast, and we're saying goodbye to Mr. Manuel Margot. For those who don't know, he was part of the trade that netted the Padres' Emilia Pagan. Talked about that yesterday. And I just want to talk about him a little bit because Margot is one of those guys, and this this is definitely not a, a popular opinion. I'm convinced he's got talent and that he's good. You know, he's still 25 years old. He's got some defensive defensive prowess. That's why he was playing, basically. I mean, his offense certainly wasn't. He had an OPS below like 700 last season. You know, and still, yes, he has some, he can steal a couple bases every now and then, but it didn't make up for the fact that the guy just wasn't very good at the play. And it makes me sad because I actually felt like he was going to be that, I don't want to say a, a Billy Hamilton. I can't think of a good comp for a player right now, but a solid like leadoff guy who could steal a couple bases for you. You know, maybe a Jackie Bradley Jr. light, you know, something like that. And it just didn't turn out that way. Now, hey, maybe everything, I wish all the best to him. Um, I'm convinced that he has talent. I really do. I really think that he could he could turn things around. Maybe he'll do so in Tampa. But Padres fans, goodbye to Mr. Manuel Bargo. But the bigger deal here, I just, just, just everyone give a salute to our guy right here. The bigger deal here is the Padres now have a little bit of a vacancy in the outfield. Center field, in fact. And the news that happens recently is that the Padres signed Juan Lagares to a minor league deal. And that kind of makes up for it. But here's the thing. When I heard this signing, I don't really think that this is the Padres' solution to dealing with the uh, trade of Manuel Margot. I don't think that Juan Lagares, while he's been a pretty good defensive player before, I know that the Mets fans were kind of they were kind of bullish on him for a season or so. I remember that. That was a whole big deal how he was making just these outrageous catches. I don't think that he's the solution. It feels like this is a a depth thing. This is a just in case thing. This is a we'll see thing. But I still, you know, I alluded to it yesterday on, on yesterday's show. I still think the Padres have a move to make. I think this is a team that's really managing its resources well. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I when Starling Marte 
who the Padres were reportedly interested in. If they were interested in him, that probably means they had an idea that they would have a vacancy in the outfield. Now, of course, Marte ended up going to the Diamondbacks. I think that that is a sign that they're, they're, they want to bolster this outfield. Mookie Betts, obviously, they've been tied to. He's now with the Dodgers, although that trade is just weird, and I know part of it fell apart for for Mr. Jock Peterson, who's that part, just the Angels don't want him now. I don't really know what happens. We'll see what happens in that situation. I'm sure he's still going to get traded. I can't imagine that the Dodgers are still going to hang on to him after that. But anyway, I think that the big question now is what are the Padres going to do? Obviously, starting pitching is the thing that they want. Um, above all else, but I don't really know what kind of moves are available. And in general, I feel like the whole league is a little bit going in that direction. I think there's a lot of teams that need starting pitching. There's just, there's a, there's an absence of it. Now, I think with the Padres, they really want to make that outfield better. And I'm not totally sure what the solution is. I wrote down a couple names. I think people like Ender, Ender and Ciarte would be a dream. I mean, pretty solid um, defensive player and really just awesome leadoff hitter. I mean, he has, I think he was one of the best leadoff hitters in the game last year. He, he could get you 20 plus home runs as well. Um, I know that some, some player that uh, I've seen Padre fans talking about a lot is um, Whit Merrifield from the Royals. And I could see that. I think the Royals are definitely in a rebuilding situation. I'm not sure what it would take to get him. Although I do admit, I think that the Padres have what it takes. Admittedly though, I don't know for sure if he's a center fielder. I don't know for sure. He's solid, and he's certainly better than, say, I've, I saw that we might be able to put maybe Trent Grisham in center field, even though I don't know if Trent Grisham is a center fielder to start. I don't know if that's his natural position. And in my opinion, I don't want to be making younger players like play positions that they aren't always used to. I think the best way is to really smooth them into the process when they transition to the majors. And Will Myers, while he's played the outfield before, he's pretty bad defensively. From what I remember, he had like, a minus 15 for defensive run saved or something like that last season. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think they're going to shift anyone around. I think the Ligaris thing is a placeholder. And I think that the, the Padres could be looking to getting someone like not Michael Conforto. The, the aforementioned Jack Peterson would be pretty epic if that, that ended up happening, honestly, and it's, it's still good. You never know. Or maybe signing someone like Yasiel Puig. I, I know that's a little bit of a weird one. He's more of a right fielder. Uh, I don't know. All I know is I think that there's a move to be made here. And I'm hesitant to talk about this further because I think that they're going to make a move. I really do. I think that I don't want to dive too deep into my predictions or anything like that because, honestly, it could happen in the next day or so. You know, we're not, we're really close. Like spring training is about to start guys. Like we're really right there. So sooner or later, we're going to have the, the final roster and we're going to know what's going on with the Padres. So yeah, that's, that's it in terms of the, the Padres news and Mr. Emmanuel Margot and what we're going to do to replace him. But now I want to conclude the podcast with a little farewell, just a little farewell to Mr. Philip Rivers. I'm a big Chargers fan. If you guys didn't know, he's San Diego and he's been, He's been one of those guys that has been one of my favorite athletes in all professional sports. And I don't love how this ended for the, the Chargers. I don't love how this this marriage between the two teams ended, or the two parties ended. And he's going to be missed. I'm not saying that this is a bad move for the team to make. He is older and had one of his worst seasons in a little bit. But he's he's been a favorite of mine, and he's definitely going to be missed. 
So I wanted to give a shout out to Philip Rivers for being the one that got me into football in a lot of ways in the first place. So exciting. And he'd be electric on the sidelines, always motivated to keep trying hard and just a super weird player too. the way he throws the ball, everything. So I just wanted to say goodbye to who will undoubtedly be a future Hall of Famer and uh, certainly a San Diego legend, even if it isn't a Padres player. Farewell, Philip Rivers. I will always love you. <laughs> I'm going to cry, everybody. And guys, that does it for today's episode of the show. That's it. That's it. We're all summed up. Um, this is the second episode of the show. I hope you guys liked it. You remember that you can follow the Locked On Padres podcast on Twitter, uh, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you could follow me on my personal Twitter, Twitter, which is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. I won't keep spelling it out for too long, maybe just a couple more episodes, and then I think you guys will get the point. Uh, remember that you can subscribe wherever you get your pods, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, where, wherever you get your podcasts from, Himalaya, whatever. Check out the Lockdown MLB Network in general. There's all kinds of good podcasts, which I've listened to a bunch of them. Be sure to check out uh, my podcast with Sully that dropped today. Yeah, that, that's really all I have to say. I'm having fun, guys. This is good. And I hope you guys are having fun, too. And we're just that much closer to spring training and the beginning of the regular season. So that's all for now, guys. I'll see you next time on the Lockdown Padres podcast. Take care.